0: Is Hugh Freeze a top 10 coach in college football?
1: Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team
0: every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much. For making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. It's a Dapping Thursday as Daryl Daprich joins us, Montgomery radio legend himself, and a very interesting article came out published by Two Four Seven Sports. Daryl and I got to ask the question: Like, is Hugh Freeze a top ten coach in college football? Because the data that they use. Uh, says so, Daryl. Looking at a report from Brandon Marcello, a national guy at 247, he got a peek behind the curtain at Matrix Analytical's data, and they looked at the coach rating index, and it grades over you know 30,000 different types of metrics and things like that. And in theory, puts coaches on an even playing field, and they have Hugh Freeze... As a top ten coach in college football, Daryl,
1: pretty interesting. I'd love to see. I, I know it's a matrix, it's a formula. Yeah, it, uh, has, is this is based on? And I'd love to see all the different variables and components that allow this to happen. Kind of like you know when we talked about the, the matrix that determines uh, quad one, quad twos, and all that. It's almost like a mystery. Right. But it, it, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I'm just going to be honest and transparent. I think Hugh Freeze is a great coach. I just don't think that he's yet a top 10 coach. So that these analytics and this matrix matrix kind of, I guess, unbiasedly chose that. I mean, it's all data. It's all numbers. It's analytics, like what they're going to in all major sports right now to determine certain things in certain situations. I would just love to do a deep dive and say, okay, what are the analytics? What is the formula behind the matrix that's determining that? And and see where this comes up. Is it total wins? Is it where you take a program before they before you know where are they before you get there? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. I don't know. It's 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 interesting. Eyeball test and what he's done in his previous stops tells me that there are some components there that makes him a, a really good coach. Top ten, uh we'll see after this year. I I, right. th- I think I wouldn't hesitate. I'll just tell you this. If you would have told me, okay, Daryl, where do you think you freeze appears on this list before the list came out? I would have guessed top 20. I would have said 15. Yeah. Pleasantly surprised that it's top 10. That's a lot of respect, Zach, for a guy that hasn't coached in the SEC in a few years and has yet to walk the sidelines for Auburn. That's very encouraging that some analytics are showing they've already considered him a top 10 coach.
0: Yeah, one aspect that it looks at and there's here's a quote from Marcelo's article. A coach's rating is weighted by the talent profile he had to work with in his career, do more with less against rosters or units with more and the rating reflects that accordingly. So looking at it and they they note that the average coach in the CRI database is 60. So keep that in mind. So Nick Saban and Kirby Smart at 1 and 2, Lincoln Riley at 3. Ryan Day at four. I mean, those are four coaches that are consistently in the college football playoffs. So it's like, okay, all of those make sense. Dabo Swinney at five makes sense. Jim Harbaugh at six makes sense. And then here's where it gets a little interesting. Here's where I think it gets into that tier of like, are these coaches used to doing more with less? Because all the top six, they've all made the college football playoff in one form or another. Uh, Chris Clayman of Kansas State is at 7. Hugh Freeze is at 8. He has an 82.01 grade. Then Josh Heupel of Tennessee, Jeff Brom of Louisville at 10. And so I just, just looking at this, and you're saying that with all the analytics in this matrix, the average coach's score is 60.0, and Hugh Freeze is at an 82. When you look at Jim Harbaugh, that's an 85. Like, yeah, that's that's pretty stinking cool. I'll take that.
1: It is. I'm a little concerned about the accuracy of where Hugh Freeze is based upon where they have other guys ranked. You know, comparing, let me just say this. Anybody that puts Dabo Sweeney behind Ryan Day or any analytics that put Dabo Sweeney behind Ryan Day and Lincoln Riley is a little flawed to me because Dabo Sweeney's won multiple national championships. Those guys haven't sniffed one. Yeah, they've been in the playoff, but they haven't won one. And then, you know, Jim Harbaugh, underachieved for a lot of years. Talk about this This analytics is supposed to be doing more with less. I think he did less with more for a very long time. Michigan had great recruiting classes. They can pick the athletes, that want to go there. And up until last year, he really underachieved. Uh, I look at things like Brian Kelly not being in the top 10. Very surprising to me that he's not um that you know uh, here's Well the
0: matrix may not like him because of Notre Dame like uh, consistent same with top same with Sure, maybe
1: the matrix doesn't like him because of what he did at, at the end of his career at Florida State and how AM probably has got elite recruiting classes and they haven't even won a western division title. Mm. So I get that. This seems to be more of an overachieving index. But then you look at the top 2 and you can't argue with that. I mean Those two guys get the best recruiting classes, Nick Saban and Kirby Smart, and they do the most with the best recruiting classes. So that seems to be in line. I would put Dabo Sweeney a little bit higher. The Jeff Braum thing at Purdue, I get it. He's been kind of coming, you know, on lately. But there is some interesting people that are not in the top 10 that I would have absolutely thought. How about – this is cool. Where's Lane Kiffin? Not in the top 10. I mean, so – and this isn't an Auburn guy, you know, doing this. This is twenty four seven. This is uh, this is impartial. It's all yeah. There's impartial. no
0: there's no feelings involved. It's it's no, all no numbers feelings. and yeah yeah. It's and, all and it sounds training. like yeah, and it sounds like there's different tiers. Like they they have the same rankings for like position coaches based on how your position performs, your unit performs against others, and they weigh the talent difference. With that, same with offensive and defensive coordinators, then obviously head coaches. The wins and losses are weighed heavily according to this, which makes sense. But yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised. But you know, you think about like what Hugh Freeze did at Liberty, like against Arkansas. It's like okay, yeah, you know that that makes sense. And then after that, though, they lost, you know, to several teams that they shouldn't have lost to. And now we can probably assume he was, you know, worried about taking the Auburn job, but. I uh, I'm with you. This is a little surprising. I would not have guessed him at eight, but I do think this is kind of some extra like, okay, this is what we've been talking about. Like Q freeze is a good coach. He's just, you know, things happened at Ole Miss. And so he had to park his career at Liberty for a little bit and he did everything he could to build that program up. Certainly left it better than he found it. And now he gets a chance to do it at the highest level again in the SEC. I mean, it confirms a lot of things that Auburn fans were hoping, right. Um, in a situation, like you said, it's a matrix, it's numbers. There's no feeling, there's no emotion That's into it. That's the
1: most it. important part. You, Agreed. What you said earlier is very important. It's There's no feelings involved. There's no opinion. There's no homerism. There's no uh, un, un, you know ill-perceived bias towards a particular coach. Because a lot of times I feel like if a sports writer was going to give his top 10 list and it was his own personal opinion, if you have a beef against a head coach or you personally don't like a head coach or some of their value, you, you'll leave him off. Right. This does not a lot for that. You you can't. It's just pure data driven, which is encouraging.
0: And, and I think a lot of media members have a feeling about Hugh Freeze one way or the other. And at the yep. national level, a lot of it's negative, which yep. is a shame. It's unfortunate. That's why
1: he wouldn't appear on a list made by a human being, in my opinion. I, I just think uh, that, yeah. that's right. that 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 the, the the biases and the inherent biases towards him. And some of the, the the slings and arrows would keep somebody from being objective, even if he wins ten games next year. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see that because I felt like Bruce Pearl went through some of this in basketball Good when point. a human element factor, when people have to vote and sports writers have to vote. If Hugh Freeze, let's just say, goes off next year and wins ten games, takes Auburn from you know five to ten wins, will, will there be people that leave him off their ballot for Coach of the Year because of their dislike for him and i think, I think there will wrong. be it's, yeah. i think it's unfair just like i think how some of the people voted sec media days is a joke too instead sure. of taking time to do it so when you got human element there's a problem this is not a human element so that's why it's very very encouraging
0: uh, i'm with you i'm with you all right could the auburn tigers be moving to jordan or nike we discuss next right here on locked on auburn Today's show brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best place to wager on all of your sports action. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets regardless of if you win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to over-under to who you think is going to be first uh, in home runs. Whatever it may be, you can bet the over for Auburn six and a half wins. So all you have to do is sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball. Daryl Daprich, our guest on this Thursday. And so Auburn's deal with Under Armour is probably coming to an end soon. It hasn't been reported or anything like that, but they've got the option to renew in September. And you got to think Auburn's going to follow suit with several schools that were former Under Armour schools that are grasping at any chance they can get to no longer be an Under Armour school. It kind of feels like Auburn's in the same boat there. And there's a lot of buzz about Nike, a lot of buzz about Jordan, a lot of buzz about Adidas. I'm sure Bruce Pearl would prefer Adidas, you know, with, with the basketball products that they have. But, this could be an exciting transition period uh, if Auburn were to pivot away from Under Armour to something new.
1: Yeah, let's reset this and kind of go with what we know at this point from bits okay. and pieces and little nuggets. First of all, as you mentioned, there's, a, there's an option to renew in September, kind of like you do with a baseball player or a football player. Uh, all indications are that Auburn will decline that option in September and start seeking another apparel. Provider Now, the three names that keep coming to the surface are Nike, Jordan, and Adidas. Jordan, for the longest time, was not something that was realistic because they had this kind of mindset or this policy where they only did a couple schools per conference. They really kept it smaller. And, you know, Oklahoma is a Jordan school. They're coming into the conference. Florida already is. Doesn't matter uh did a little research and found out that they are expanding their brand and they're and they're taking off that clause or that limitation all indications are that they're not going to limit it just to a couple schools uh you can have multiple schools in the conference i think one thing to to understand is right now auburn is under Armour's cash cow they're their biggest school in the way of what they pay auburn yearly to be an under armor provider and i know that They, they are number one it's not even close So people would think, well, why would you give away all that money if Nike or Jordan or even Adidas couldn't come in that stratosphere? Well, the the branding and the players that you might be able to get totally offsets that. And some of the NIL money now totally offsets that. So if you come in a couple million dollars a year less than what Under Armour was paying you and you go Jordan, but because you go Jordan, you start getting even better and more elite athletes on the basketball side because obviously their basketball gear out of this world their right. football stuff is great. But then you got to start thinking about, Zach, quality. We have heard multiple reports, and again, I, I'm i not just throwing this out there, that some football players, baseball players, and definitely softball players that put it out on social media hate Under Armour cleats and even walked around regionals with blisters, the softball team. So, you know, the, the equipment is not faulty. It's just comfort. It's just what what they can do, what they can make, what they can manufacture. And the kids coming out of high school are more apt to go for Jordan, Nike, or even Adidas because Adidas from a basketball standpoint, like you mentioned, their gear Mm -hmm. and their shoes are really elite and really comfortable. So that's where it offsets maybe a couple million dollars a year when you're talking about an athletic program that makes millions anyway. I think that at the end of the day, Auburn will choose to go with one of those three based upon – you know, comfort style, getting better quality stuff, and then obviously getting better athletes. And so it's interesting, but what does that mean for the fan? What that means for the fan is apparel that's a lot more apparel, a lot of different apparel, a lot more cooler, greater things that the average fan can wear now if it's Nike or Jordan that you didn't get when it was under armor.
0: Yeah, I I won't buy anything that's under armor anymore. It's just, I just don't think it's a good product. I don't like how their shirts fit. I don't like their shoes. And like, that's seems to be a common sentiment among Auburn fans.
1: Really, it is. You know, fit matters. Quality matters. Style, availability. That's the problem, too, is that some of the stuff, like from a uniform standpoint, I've always heard that if like Auburn wanted to go to an orange jersey for a particular game or do a special uniform, Under Armour couldn't get it. That quick, it was. It would take too long. Well, some of the Nike stuff and some of the Jordan stuff, and even some of the Adidas. I mean, Troy down the road has Adidas, and you've seen all their different uniform combination. Their stuff looks good. I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna. When I was affiliated with Alabama State, for a sweat that that stuff looked good. So Adidas does a real good job with that too. But if you want to look at jersey quality and all that kind of stuff for your for your your teams that are getting out there on the field in court. Nike and Jordan and Adidas has better uniforms, just better designs. All that kind of stuff looks better. And like you said, fit for apparel also makes a big deal for fans.
0: Yeah, and then the recruiting aspect of it too. Like, I don't think Under Armour is moving the needle. Nobody, no, no top recruit is coming out saying like, my favorite gear is Under Armour. No, none of them are doing that. There may be some. There may be some difference as far as like Nike or Jordan or Adidas but nobody nobody is is uh, excited to put on under armor gear when they take their official visit i promise you
1: and that's why i felt like it was relevant for us to talk about it's not just fanboy clothes or you know it's because of the recruiting uh, boost and bump that you could get from it as well i mean look from a national standpoint of who endorses under armor right now it's steph curry and that you know and it's kind of, it's just not that big name out there compared to nike compared to jordan and when you kids relate to that when they're coming out of high school they want to be in the uniform and be the apparel provider of their heroes and of their idols and it's just important to have somebody to look at as a benchmark and Steph Curry's a great basketball player but I don't I can't even think of one single baseball player that endorses Under Armour or you know a football player off the top of my head so I think that's all important and I think the recruiting aspect is why it's relevant to talk about the byproduct of that for us fans is it's fun because there'll be a, supposedly a whole lot of cool gear coming out that would as fans you can buy and think about that think about the boost you're going to get from licensing merchandise mm-hmm. from auburn if people go out and buy double the gear they do now well you're that, that's money that's revenue that, that that goes in the coffers
0: that's right that's right so that'll be interesting to follow over the course of the rest of the summer until September. I think a lot of Auburn fans will be very, very excited with how that turns out. All right, how good can this offense be for the Auburn Tigers in 2023? The Locked On hosts all got together, and Auburn ranked 10th. Is that fair? We discuss in just a moment, right here unlocked On Lockdown Auburn. Be sure to join the Locked On Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. All right, Daryl, we've done a few of these segments already, but the Locked On hosts, they all got together and were asked to rank all 14 SEC offenses in 2023. Auburn came in at 10th, so I'll go through the list very quickly. Georgia, LSU, Tennessee, Ole Miss, and Alabama at five. Uh, Arkansas, A&M, Kentucky, South Carolina, and Auburn rounding out the top 10, and then Missouri at 11, Mississippi State at 12, Florida at 13, and poor Vanderbilt at 14. Your general thoughts on Auburn coming in at 10?
1: I think it's a little bit low based upon the fact that, you know, Hugh Freeze has had a reputation of having really good offenses, and offense isn't just based upon airing it out. And having a dynamic passing attack, if you put points on the board and you get 400, 500 yards a game, and 300 of it's on the ground, that's still a potent offense. And I think Auburn's not getting enough credit for what their running game could be. I think this is based upon this is this is really quarterback biased heavy in this. That's why you know Arkansas returning their quarterback. That's why I think. Uh, auburn's a little bit low i wouldn't put them in the top five i probably put them right in the middle just solely based upon they should have a very very potent running attack and then i look at some of the schools ahead of them like kentucky who you know doesn't have a returning quarterback alabama's got some issues with quarterback uh auburn's running back rooms better south carolina i get it with rattler tennessee should be higher in my opinion because they were mm-hmm. kind of elite but from an auburn standpoint only i think 10's a little too low And I think they're not getting enough credit for a potent running game. Because if you go back and look at 2014, when Auburn only threw it for 100-something yards a game but was still gashing people for 500 a game, that's still a potent offense. You're putting 40, 50 points on the board. I don't care how you're doing it. This seems to be solely focused on if you can't throw the ball for 300 a game, you've got a bottom half offense. And I think that's a little bit uh, unfair.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah. And that's actually where they have – We'll do this one probably next week sometime. But they all rank the top 10 or the top quarterbacks. And they put Auburn's quarterback room at 10. And so. There you go. I'm sure there's some correlation there. Yep.
1: But see, that 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 shows me the how that's flawed a little bit. I'm not trying to be critical. So let's say Auburn's quarterback's at 10. Now do a ranking on where you think Auburn's running back room should be. And let's just, mm. for the sake of being conservative, say four. Right, I mean, I'm not being pie in the sky with that, am I, Zach? I think four or five. So take four or five, take ten, take an average of that, and you should be seven or eight in the Mm -hmm. conference. You're you're getting no credit at all for having a top-four running back room, and I think it should be a combination of both.
0: I agree. But obviously other elements play a factor in that. I mean, does Auburn have a top-ten offensive line in the SEC? I think so. I think so. It's all on paper. They haven't done it as a unit yet, but I think so. So that, by nature, puts you a little bit higher. The receiving room is where it gets tricky to me, Daryl. Like, yeah. is it a top ten receiving room? I think it should be, but until they do it, I, I'm not. I'm not sold on it quite yet.
1: No, yeah, that's a that's a great point. If you had to rank it, I think at the end of the day, at the end of the year, we'll look at it and say it's top five, top six. They've got to prove themselves though, and so right now they haven't you so, think yeah, the receiving like, room could be top five, top six? At the end of the year, if wow. they reach their potential and do what they should do and get coached up, mm-hmm. they could be top five, top six. Could be wow. if certain things happen. Right now, on paper, they're 11 or 12, in my mind. Uh, they just are. I mean, until yeah. they prove it. So, mm-hmm. But again, a lot of things have to break for that. Cam Brown needs to come on. Hooks, shorter. All these guys play to their potential. And Yeah, and if Thorne gets him the ball or Robbie right. Ashford gets him the ball, then yeah, they, they can be from a yardage and efficiency standpoint.
0: Daryl Daprich, how can people check out everything you've got going on, brother?
1: You can follow me on Twitter, Dap6410. Catch me in the Discord. Love interacting about all things Auburn. And then on Monday mornings, seven I'm on Auburn Opelika this morning. So yep. check me out yep. there if you're riding around the Auburn area. Daryl is everywhere.
0: You can check out all of my work at auburndaily.com and follow my socials at
1: ZBlackerby. We will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.